Hey folks, welcome back to the Eat Well Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Ayers. Okay, on this podcast, I have uh, a sheep hunter joining me on the podcast. And Maya Blackburn is, well, she's 18, but she tells a story about uh, her first sheep hunting uh, adventure with her dad, Greg Blackburn. And if you're part of the sheep hunting community or the or the hunting community, you may have bumped, stumbled across some of Greg's writing. He's uh, been a good educator and knowledge sharer in the sheep hunting community. And uh, we're also friends and colleagues. So I, I cross paths with Greg once in a while. Well, more importantly, I probably bug Greg for information on, uh, on vetting my sheep ideas and as someone who's done a lot of it. And uh, anyways, after I, I heard about this story that him and his daughter had on their sheep hunt, I got pretty excited and, and Maya has expressed an interest in telling her story. And and I think that there's, uh, yeah, I want to hold some space for young adults and, and women who want to tell their story in, in, in hunting and um, particularly big adventures like this. And I'm really excited to have uh, Maya come and share her enthusiasm and passion for, for hunting on the podcast here. So we're, we're going to hear her story and it's pretty fun. So right on. Before we get started, I, I do want to acknowledge that uh, this podcast is supported by our friends at uh, iHunter, the iHunter app. And uh, I use their app but I'm mid-hunting season here, so I'm on and off the app all the time. And I was just thinking about what the tip of the week would be here, the tip of the podcast from our iHunter app. And I, I found myself using it recently on a, on, a, on a mule deer hunt. And I'll probably do a little video of this as well. But it's, you know, we, we were spotting sheep, or sorry, sorry, we were spotting mule deer uh, across a pretty big valley, a big, big gully. And uh, there was a couple of, couple of legal um not legal, a couple couple of decent bucks on the far side of this gully and canyon and you know they don't seem very far away like in fact they're probably 700 meters away but to try and figure out if you can actually get there you need a whole pile of information you need to know how if there's a route down through the gully and up the other side so that you could reasonably get there and using the iHunter app tools i was able to First of all, I get the distance that they were from us. Then I was able to determine the vegetation and landscape, whether it's it's if it's like conducive to basically getting through um, the, the the vegetation and also the slope and angle of the terrain, and just be able to connect a route up to these uh, mule deer bucks that we were looking at. And using the app, I could I, with the topographic layers. I could tell, I could, I could assess slope angle and terrain. And then using the, uh, the, the, uh, imagery, the satellite imagery, I could sort of look at the different, um, vegetation to figure out if it's something that's, you know, I can get through, manage my way through. And also just looking at the Creek at the bottom and just to figure out if it's, you know, too deep for me to get through. So nonetheless, it, um, was able to give me enough information to realize that we could not, in fact, get to those mule deer. And it was just too many uh, cliffs and canyon walls that limited our the, any practical ability for us to get there and back. So we unfortunately uh, let, well, we watched those uh, those those mule deer for a while and then moved on to our hunt and, and uh, carried on. So anyways, again, uh, one other great tip, a real-time assessment of terrain and route finding uh, using the iHunter app. And uh, be sure to download all your maps uh, and layers before you go out uh, if you're going out of service. And in this case, we were well out of service. So having the topographic layer and the uh, satellite imagery 
downloaded ahead of time allowed us to do that research and and assess whether we could get to those uh, mule deer. Anyways, lots of fun. Anyways, you, you enjoy this story hanging out with uh, Maya Blackburn. Uh, let me know what you think. If you have any comments, uh, please share it either through Instagram or, or, or mail us directly. Right on. Look forward to this one. Hey folks, welcome back to the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Ayers. And in this podcast, we want to share mentorship to learn how to hunt, fish, and gather wild food. Our goal is to reduce barriers and create an inclusive and welcoming community for all folks who want to learn how to eat wild. So join us as we share stories, ethics, adventures, and knowledge about a way of life that's rooted in eating wild. So Maya, I'm not sure if your dad's allowed to hang out with you and monitor your conversation because I really want to draw out all your sheep hunting secrets from you. And I know that your dad will probably give you a dirty look at the tough work. So. I'm Maya, so I've, I'm actually 18 um, and I've been hunting since I was about two, like since I was a baby. Like there's pictures of me and my dad, like of me less than one. And it says Maya's first scout trip for elk. Um, and I've just, it's just kind of stuck. Like I've just been doing it forever. Um, and right now I'm like working as a lifeguard and uh, I'm applying to university for next year for the University of Victoria. Awesome. So really you're, a, you're a young adult and you're well on your journey, to, on your hunting journey. And you're probably the beginning of your life journey. Yes. So most people that I get to know, like they're on this, like they've been on this life journey for a while and they discover hunting somewhere along that life journey and get involved. So I, I've got some fun questions for you as we get into it. So, so I'll, I'll no doubt have introduced your dad in the introduction of this podcast. Cause so you, your dad is an old friend of mine. I met him. Uh, I don't know if you know, I'll, I'll tell you the story. Cause I met your dad in university. So we would have been 19 or 20 years old. We both went to UNBC in Prince George and I had shot uh, a pretty nice whitetail buck. Like a really, well, for me, it was, it's still the biggest whitetail buck I've ever shot. And it's uh, it was a five by five heavy whitetail buck. And, and you're, I think I, I don't know if we had cell phones back then. We probably didn't. I, I probably just told your dad when in the halls of, of UMBC that I shot this nice buck. He said, well, bring it by. I'll help you score it. And and so anyway, I bring it by. And I'm pretty pumped about this buck. Well, I walk into his place and gosh, I look at the wall and every single buck on the wall, like just is like way bigger than this buck. <laughs> I was like, well, oh yeah. Anyway, so, I, I, so right away I, I knew a couple things is that I would forever be after your dad to kind of learn more about his hunting process. And, and one of the things that's really cool, I, I, you, your dad's deaf and, and, and I, and I, yeah, I probably, I don't know if we want to dive into that, but I, my, my half, my family's deaf as well. So like I, when I saw, I was like, right away, my brain went to like, wow, like I realized so much on my hearing when I hunt and, and to see your dad having had so much success. And now that I, you know, it was 30 years later now, or something like 20 something years later, uh, there's lots I want to talk about with, with your dad about how he hunts and how he, you know, how he accentuates his hunting skills and whatnot. But anyway, yeah. so your dad's been a real, uh, someone I've really looked up to as a hunter and, and that's where I started with your dad. So fast forward to here. Yeah. I never fast- heard that. I didn't know you, that he, you met when you were 19. Maybe 20, That's really cool. Yeah. 20, yeah. 25 years or something like that. 20, yeah. That's crazy. 
yeah, it would be like cool to dive into a little bit about his humor. Yeah, I'd love well. to. I'd love to. Well, well, we'll maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. I, I don't. I want this to be a little bit about your journey because I, I'm kind of excited to hear about you. Yeah. So, okay, what what gets you kind of okay? Before we get to hunting, like what gets you kind of excited, inspired, or focused outside of the hunting space? Like what what else are you excited about? So I love working with kids. Um, so like this past summer, I went out to a Bible camp, Nest Lake Bible Camp, and I worked uh, with kids all summer as a lifeguard and a camp counselor. Um, I also have been cross-country skiing since I was two. So I've now in the club, I've transi- transitioned from a racer uh, to a now coach. So I have coached the kids there and I'm also coaching swimming and um I just got the lifeguard job and I'm also teaching lessons to the pool. So like, that's a big thing that I love to do is that's like really inspires me is like working with kids and being like a role cool. model. For so, them. you know, I know that hunting creates, it's a big part of my identity. Is hunting part of your identity or, or would you say some of those other things that get you fired up, like being a, a leader to kids and, and where is hunting and sort of how you self-identify? So I definitely identify as a hunter. Um, It's something I love to do. Uh, But like in my outside life, it's actually something I keep very quiet about me uh, because there are all these views on hunting about some people like it, some people don't. um, And also big things in girls and hunting um, because not many women do it. uh, So it's not like the first thing people learn about me. I kind of like get to know them first and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm also HUD. I've been doing it forever. Um, and they kind of go like, oh, like once they get to like know me first. Um, but if it's like guys or whatever, if they like mention hunting, I'm like, oh yeah, I hunt too. Um, and it's one of my favorite things because um, a lot of guys, they kind of underestimate me as a hunter and they're like, oh, like you haven't done much. And then I can just pull out my sheep and go. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done much except this one little sheep hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a little It's yeah, it's that sometimes cause sometimes boys are cocky about that. So I'm just like, sometimes I'm humble, but if they're really on my nerves, <laughs> I think we need a little more of that within the community for sure. So I have a, so I'm curious, like what's the first question people ask you when they find out you're a hunter? Oh my goodness. Oh, it's like, it's usually like, Oh, like what do you hunt for? Or, some people are just like, oh, like you hunt like with a gun. And I'm like, yeah. Um, some people are just curious about the thing in general. Um, if my friends ask the hunt, they're like, oh, like, do you hunt often? Or what gun do you shoot? And then I tend to like share more. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I've been hunting with my dad since I was little. Um, I shoot my dad's rifle, 7mm. But um, and I do have like shotguns, but I don't have a gun on my own yet. So I do like share them kind of like a bit of hunting and what I've and if they ask like what I've shot I'll be like yeah I've gotten like grouse and ducks and sometimes I sometimes it's scared to bring up the sheep because it is actually it is like a big thing so I like sharing it but then it's also just like I don't want to show about about it I've had lots of people say like no you should share about that like a lot of like adults who I show like because they ask about it they're like oh you should be proud about that and I am but it's something I I sometimes keep to myself for sure. Well, within your hunting community, is there? Do you have friends that are also hunters within your peer group? Say, like your. Uh, 
So I actually haven't really grown up with kids that hunt. Like my peer group, like at school, like, or like who I hang out now, like none of them hunt. Um, so they know I hunt and they're supportive of it, which is like great. Um, and cause they know people who hunt, I, but I don't get to really talk about them. Like I don't get to talk about my hunts like an avid hunter because of course they don't understand it. Uh, but recently, so we had gone like on Thanksgiving weekend, we went uh, duck hunting every year. Um, and there's my friend Maria uh, Campbell and she's only a year younger. And I asked her to go duck hunting with me and we'd been wanting to go hunting together for a long time. Um, so it was actually the first weekend, like first time ever I've had a girl who is avid about hunting just like me come on a hunt with me and it was actually so much fun because she got here and uh because she was staying the night and we were talking about elk calls and different elk calls in my room and just talking about like strategies and all of the different things about hunting which I have not been able to do with another girl and like not even guys sometimes like I can talk to, like I have friends that are guys that do hunt but not as much as I do so it was a really cool experience and we definitely want to do more. That's really exciting. Well, I was going to ask questions like, have you had, have you had any friends that have sort of come to you and said, Hey, I like, I'm kind of curious about this and, and, and I want to learn more. And, uh, yeah. Do you feel, do you have that conversation with friends? Yeah, I do. There are some friends who like not into hunting, but they like ask me about it and there, and some people like who know nothing about hunting. I'm like, Oh yeah, like I've got a sheep and I'm able to like tell them about hunting and, some of them, they ask lots of questions and it's really cool just being able to like show them that it's like, like it's for food and for like me and it's how I grew up. And it's also a lot of people sometimes think of hunting as like just going for animals. Um, but I also look for it as the experience um, and hanging with my dad. Like anytime I can get into the outdoors, I love it. Like it's not even like, oh, like we need to get something. It's like, oh, we're going like to change a trail, trail camera oh, we're going to go deer hunting, but like your brother's going to shoot. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm down. Like just being out in the environment is the most important, like one of the most important things of hunting to me. And that's one thing that my dad has taught me really well is um, it's like more about the experience, but you still have a great time and not get totally. it. So I'm imagining based on what I know about your dad as a, as, so your dad's written multiple articles about sheep hunting, uh, Greg Blackburn, and if you've, if you've, if you've, been on BC Outdoors or any other number of he's published a lot and uh, he's well known in the sheep hunting community as just being very very yeah knowledgeable and and he's and he's and he shares information which I really appreciate and he shares information about being safe and 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 how to do it and uh, I really appreciate what Greg has done um, uh, but he must be so focused on I mean given the amount of success and dedication he's had to this. What was it like growing up with the dad that this was his thing and it must take up a lot of his focus? And, and, and how did you fit into that? Yeah, so more of it was I was like, I would watch him. The big thing, like I would watch him. And when I was like 10 and like 12, and it wasn't to like this year that I got this piece, but dad would be like, hey, let's do like look at areas. And before I was just like, hey, I don't really want to go for a hike um because I was like other things but I was like I love hunting at the same time so I was just like but now I realize because he's like oh hey like look at this map like showing me areas and before I didn't really understand it 
Um, but this year, actually, like elk hunting, like I have been way more into that piece of it. And I've realized how much knowledge my dad has with areas and maps and just navigating in the bush. Um, so like, and I've realized that I actually picked up a lot more um, from when I was a kid. Um, and then I'm finally like putting everything together now. Um, like I remember like 12, he gives me the GPS and he's like, the truck's here, get us out. And so I remember like following the GPS, like to the truck. And, um, and so he's been teaching me like so much. Um, and it's also like specifically for sheep hunting. Uh, my dad has so much knowledge. Like I've just had, sir, I've heard so much from him and his sheep hunting partner, Brent. Um, and I remember like a few times, like the night before the hunt, they have maps all over the table, like talking about their plan and areas they were going to go into um and just stuff like that and then I would always watch videos so Brent often documented their hunts so I would watch the videos of them hunting and all of these like cool like aspects to it um and one thing I did want to mention is my dad actually has a photo album book that he has pictures of his sheep hunts and I would always go look through it always and like one day I'm going to be in that book like one day I'm gonna go on a hunt with my dad um like since I was five like the sheep hunt it's been always when do I get to go when is it my turn um which I can touch more on uh later. Cool that. so like in my personal experience like I remember I grew up in a hunting family as well we hunted since I can remember but I remember being like kind of not into the whole killing of animals like I had a had a huge teddy bear collection and the thought of killing animals was just awful until I was about 12 and then even though we would be on hunts and I would appreciate when we were successful, the thought of a dead animal was like, it was really hard for me. And then around 13 or no, 12 actually was when I kind of switched on. I was like, oh, I think I want to do this. And I actually picked up a gun for the first time with the intention of killing something. I know I wandered around the woods for a long, quite a few years with like, with the firearm with my dad without any intention of killing something before then. Um, for you, when did it happen that you were like, I want to do this and I'm comfortable doing it? Oh, it has literally since I could walk and talk. It just, it's just kind of happened. Like, uh, it would start with me and my brother. Um, I think my dad took me for my first moose drive when I was about four, I think. And my brother was two. And I, he has told me the story that he was like nervous, like not sure what we were going to think about it, you know? Um, but I, this is like my very first hunting story is we were in the truck and there was a truck ahead of us and we had a tag for cow and calf. And apparently there was two moose on the front of the road. The first hunter in the truck shot out, shot the first one. The second truck shot the other one because they had tags as well. And my dad was like, oh no, like what are they going to think? Like, no, I remember rolling down the window, looking out and be like, and I was like all upset. So my dad thought like, oh no, it's too young. And what I said was, that could have been us. <laughs> Like, we could have gotten it. And there was a time where my brother, like, started, like, crying. And my dad was like, oh, no. And Andrew was like, we could have got the moose. So it has always been since I was little. Um, and my dad got me, like, the tiny little 22, like, yeah. the ones that are for kids. And I remember we would go for grouse drives, go for moose drives. And we would, uh, he would set up a pegboard with balloons. And so I was, like, learning to shoot, like, since I was little 
And then I was waiting for the day that I turned 10 so I could shoot a grouse and take my core and do all of that. So it's kind of been for like ever. <laughs> all right. So this has been going on forever and you've been, uh, okay. So with, with hunting and how I, and what you've learned so far from hunting, that no doubt there's, as you become a successful hunter, there's some life lessons that you can take away. Can you, can you share any like, as you, and now you're, you're entering into adult life. You're like, you're looking down the road, I'm sure of university and careers and all that kind of stuff. Um, is there anything you could take away from, from hunting that can apply to what life's going to look like or is looking like for you going forward? I can take so much. So actually I'm going to mention, so for grade 12, you have to do a capstone project and I did it on my sheep hunt, but the lessons that I learned from the mountains, eight of them, um, and actually we're going to try to get a magazine to hopefully publish another article on this because my dad read my paper and he was like, that's good. Um, but it can also just be applied to life. So it's like the organization, always being prepared um, and like thinking on feet. Like when you're on the mountains or like anywhere, you have to be prepared and like anything can happen. Um, so I've learned that and how to be adaptable to changes because if something happens like a storm comes up you have to be able to quickly like change your plans and like set out the tarp or think for another thing so it's really good that I have just learned like and I can apply that to life like if something comes up we can quickly change it or do anything like that and like um perseverance as well of like don't give up because like in the mountains or hunting in general it can be long. Like, it can be really long. Like, I, I know I sat for seven hours the one day waiting for ramps so we could move. Um, and so that even things hard, you can just keep going. Um, and also just, like, mental toughness, being out in the woods. Like, you have to have, like, the skills for all of that. Well, like, skills, and you just have to have, like, the mindset and that you can also apply to life because life gets really, really hard. And so, um, if you can apply that to real life, it'll really help. Well, yeah, I think you're, yeah, you're well on your way with some good life lessons. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, it's great. Cause I mean, I think about, you know, I, I, I've definitely felt that hunting has set me up for success in this life and the, and the, and the relationships that I developed through, through the mentors that I've been able to hunt with and, and the, the connections that I've made with the hunting community and like people like your dad and, and other folks who are like, you can build these really amazing connections with folks. And, and through that, you, you just, it just gives you this amazing community of, of support to, 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 to be awesome in life. And then, and then also just the being out in the woods, knowing how to live, knowing how to be prepared. One, one of the things that I, in my core class, I say to folks is like, like I, I'm often teaching to a group of people who are from the city and I'm like the best thing about hunting is you get to learn all these like skills that you don't get to, like you just don't get to learn if you live in the city, like how to set up a tarp, how to use a chainsaw, how to use a winch, how to like put chains in your truck, like how to build a fire, like, uh, you know, not to mention how to like shoot a gun and kill an animal to survive. Like, but like these like basic things that you just need to be able to do for general survival in life. And, and I like how you kind of start out with just being resilient and, and like being resilient and being able to persevere are two key things. And, the challenges will come and anyways then that's sheep hunting <laughs> yeah i completely agree 
Okay, well, let's, let's actually, okay, we, 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 I got to know you a bit now, so let, let's, oh, you know what, I, I, I have to, okay, well, I got a bunch of questions too that from our sponsors that I'm going to have to ask you along the way, but we'll, we'll leave that to the end. So let, let's, let's get into some hunting questions. So first off, what is your favorite species to hunt? Okay, so this is like a good question. So I would definitely have to say stone chief. Um, that trip, it got me hooked. Um, it's more because of being in the mountains. Um, like I've gone deer hunting. I love it. Gone moose and elk. And I do love it as well. Um, but just I'm craving to go back to those mountains. Like the scenery, everything. Um, but other than sheep, um, my other favorite thing is actually, you wouldn't think about it, is duck hunting. I have been going to a place and duck hunting since I was two and I have gone back there every single like every single year since and there's pictures of me holding a duck like in the boat when I was five and um, I actually recreated that picture like 10 years later um, but the duck hunting I've really grown and learning um, from there because it was me and Andrew being like we'll call the ducks dad you shoot them and so we would sit there with our duck calls and call all the ducks in to now being like oh I get to shoot now like I get to do both and actually get to join in on the shooting. Um, so ducks is definitely one of my favorite. As okay. Well as so I like this question. What as a, as, as a passionate duck hunter, what have you learned? What, what have you taken away from duck hunting as a lesson that makes you a better hunter for other species? I think definitely patience. Um, well, that's like for sheep hunting, but like for ducks, you do have to be patient because sometimes it'll be dead quiet. Like you won't have the right weather and then they'll just like, you'll see them flying out in the middle of the lake and they're not coming and decoying in. Um, you also just to be a better hunter, like uh, duck hunting, uh, I'm still learning that, uh, learning how to aim properly. So for me, it's a lot of like when I miss, like it's okay. Like I just like get better for next time and that not every shot is going to be the perfect shot. Like you'll do like the best that you can. Um, and also just like duck hunting also was like one of the first things that got me like really enjoying of like my environment. Um, and this place is just also how that I can apply over and just being a great hunter is like being grateful that I get to do this every day or every year because it's pretty incredible like special place. Yeah, I think that's a, probably a lesson for all hunts is like being the privilege of being able to go back every year. The one thing I, I, I really identify with a couple of things you said there is just like going back and doing the same hunt every year and, and kind of being excited about going back to that same spot and replicating what you learned from the year before. And yeah. Oh yeah, like I learn every single time I go back. Um, like this year, like I finally figured out how to uh, do a goose call. Like my brother learned like years ago. But like I finally figured out how to call geese and like I called the goose like across the lake, which I've seen like my brother do. Um, I'd say my brother even beats my dad at goose calling in the family for duck hunting because uh, the one time he picked up the goose call and dad like the goose is too far. Andrew turned this low geese from away across the other lake, uh, across the lake. It literally came right into the decoys. And so like Andrew's the one who I say is like, the perfect one for geese calling because he never gives up and 
they end up coming in somehow. Um, but like I said, like, it's also just learning, like, what to wear, like, how to dress. And we, like, have these traditions of, like, um, like, my dad will always get the Halloween chocolate box. We always get a box of chocolates every year. He's done it since I was five. And it's not duck hunting if he doesn't get the chocolates. And so it's just, like, all these things. And then watching my dad and my papa, like, set up the decoys. Now, like, I'm learning to figure out where to place the decoys and being able to, like, get out of the boat and have my waders and help the setup go quicker and all of that. Cool. And getting me excited about duck hunting, which is not something that comes easy. <laughs> I'm a reluctant duck hunter. I usually get out twice a year, and, and uh, but it's a lot of fun when it comes together. Um, all right. So let, let's, let's just talk sheep. And I mean, I'm excited to talk about sheep hunting and I'll see how many secrets I can pull out of you throughout this. And, uh, I know your dad will make me edit them all out if I get any good ones. Um, but yes. <laughs> oh yeah. It's cool. Um, but, uh, okay. So first off, I, I, um, so tell us a little bit about your dad's sheep hunting background. I think that's just, that's context for sure. Yeah. So my dad has been sheep hunting since. 2000 so that's like a long time like 19 20, 20? Years, yeah. like in his 20s like 27 ish um so he's been i know he started hunting into like different spots and trying to like figure out like all over bc um and then i know that online um he saw a guy's um profile picture and he recognized uh the place where he hunted so he dm'd him and messaged him and that was Brent. And that was, then they were forever sheep partners. Um, they figured out that they hunted the same way. Um, and so I got to know Brent quite well as well. Uh, because every year, or it's actually every second year. I knew every second summer was a sheep hunting summer. That he would go away with Brent and they'd pick the truck and then he'd be gone for a week. And as soon as the truck pulled the driveway, I'd be running out. Did you get a sheep? Um, like just waiting, I'm like, oh, dad gets back tomorrow. Like, did they get anything? Um, and so he's been hunting for a long, long time. And he and Brent like together have just like figured out so many, uh, like secret places and cool stuff. That's pretty fun. So I, I like that your dad didn't scoop Brent's spot, but he's like, oh, there's a sheep hunting spot. <laughs> Instead of scooping a spot, he, he calls Whoa. them up and they become partners. Whoa. Well, because he actually, like, he recognized, like, he knew the spot that um, Brent was in. So he just, like, ended up messaging Brent and was like, cool. And then they just That's ended up cool. hunting. All right. So. My dad's giving me, like, I I know. That's why I, wanted, that's why I said you got to kick him out of the room because <laughs> there's no way. So we're gonna, there's no way I got to get anything good out of you. But... <laughs> Dad, I won't tell any of your secrets. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just such, I'm so bad for that. That's all I do is mine for information, so. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, we're all good. Okay, so for you, um, uh, you know, how many, sh how many, how how many sheep trips have you been on? So I've actually only been on two. Well, it's like one and a half because one isn't really like. So that one. So the year before, I went on like the big sheep hunt. Uh, was we went in as a family to a sheep hunting spot like my mom my dad me and my brother and 
we didn't see much. Like, we saw Rams, we saw some ewes, but it was very, very relaxed. Like, it wasn't a typical, like, sheep hunt. Like, we just tented, we just kind of, like, looked around, poked around. Um, but it wasn't, like, your... It was just, it was that very like, that's, like that, a that very, how, very how I had sheep, actually. <laughs> just <trying to laughs> well, yeah, like, we hunted, too, but, like, it wasn't a lot of walking over. Like, it was just, like, hanging out, not really, like, waking up that early it was just like more exploring and yeah and we actually went my dad just reminded me that it was we went in where my dad got his first ram and because we were like it would be cool for me to get like the a ram where he got his first one um but it's a really really small area so we didn't really we didn't get anything but that was like my first thing but i was like it's not like a real sheep hunt like it's not it was only for like three days, so it was very short. Like usually, you go for like seven. But I eight, wonder if that's days. like strategic in the sense that, like, and I, and one of my questions earlier on, which I didn't ask you because you kind of covered it, but like, you know, well, no, 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 it's actually, no, no. <laughs> the, 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 you know, there's this, I, and I have this conversation with friends of mine who have kids that are like, they really want them to hunt. And it's like all they want them is to hunt, but they're like, oh, I don't want to turn them off hunting by you know, doing something that puts them in a position too early to experience something. And when you told me the story about cheering you know be, being upset at, because the moose hunters in front of you got the moose i was like well sounds like you somehow skipped that step so there wasn't really this indoctrination stage where where you're trying to indoctrinate your kids into, into hunting in a healthy way where they come to it um but i suspect that doing a family-friendly three-day not overly impactful sheep hunt is a, is a good strategy for kind of getting people excited about it and, and getting so and getting yeah but like the thing is is like for me personally so i had been bugging dad since like i could talk was like when is it my turn like i want to go on a sheep hunt like i'm your sheep hunting partner one day like i was like bugging and bugging and so like when i turned 10 i was like oh my gosh like when i'm 13 like i I get to go on a sheep hunt soon and so like this when i was i think i was 15 14 15 i was like this was a test i'm like dad we can go because i was bugging that year for him just to take me by myself and he was like, you know what? We're just going to do like the family hiking trip. And so this was like the intro. So I was like, I can do it so I can show dad that like I can go on a real hunt. So that's the way I looked at it was it was like a practice and I could show dad that I can do it. Like then I can go. Okay, like, so really take me back to when you first kind of got the plans started coming together. This, you know, you got the nod from dad that you were going to be the, the sheep hunting partner in the coming season. Tell me about that. So it was actually, I remember the exact day my dad kind of like hinted and it was like, you know what? Like, I think this is your year. So it was actually like quite, we were, we cut it like quite close when we were leaving. Like it, we only found, like, it was only like a for sure we were going a week before we left. So um, what happened was though, like a few months before I was in the truck and I was like, oh, like, are you going sheep hunting this year? Like, what's that looking like? And he's like, oh, like, I don't think um, Brett can go this year. I'm not sure. And then he got this, like, weird look on his face that, like, he usually gets. And I was like, hold up. And he's like, well, like, I was thinking, like, Maya, like, would you maybe want to go? And that's when I went, are you serious right now? I was like, yes, 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 yes. 
And he's like, you know, it's going to be very hard. You're going to have to carry a heavy pack. Like you're probably going to cry. And I was like, yes. And then every single time after, because then it was like a for sure that Brent couldn't go because like Brent would have gone with us if he could. Um, But then dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, are you like 100% sure? Like we have to like train and it's going to be very hard. We probably won't get anything. And I'm like, I don't care. It had always been a yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> so so I just say, like, I was super, super excited uh, to finally be my dad's sheep hunting partner. And I was, like, super excited because so that all the plants started coming together. We had done, like, the uh, there's a place we go in town, like, cup banks. We did, like, one or two training hikes with the packs. And I was actually training for a biathlon full-time at the time. So I was actually also quite fit from like my training from that so I didn't have to do like as much um and then I just remember getting ready like packing all the stuff and like I had to do a test of like you know ordering the food that we usually eat um and like the food because he's just like granola and like the powdered milk so like trying that to and I liked it and then it was like all of a sudden it was like we're leaving and we were packing all the stuff the bags were packed and we were going to leave the next morning and it was just like it was more really really surreal to me like it was so surreal i was like like i get to go <laughs> yeah take us on this hunt tell us how it went you got to jump in the truck and you're on your way the surreal experience is happening how'd it go yeah so like dad was like talking like all about like the areas and just being like you know like this is going to be our plan we're probably not going to see much he's like where we're going we're probably going to see sheep but don't guarantee like anything and I was like dad I know I know it's gonna be hard he's like he thought I was gonna cry like he was like he was expected like I think like oh no I'm gonna push like I was ready like I knew it was early mornings I knew it was hard work um so we pull up to we get there um late at night and so we decide to hike in uh the day before opening so we ended up just sleeping on the side of the highway um in the tent and we were like up early and at like six I can't remember but I was just like ready to go Uh, I think my pack was about like 40 pounds um and my dad's was like quite heavy because of course I was 16 so usually when he and Brent goes like they can split the equip like the stuff like equally like we couldn't do that Mm -hmm. exactly um so the we it was a good hike um I liked it I mean it was definitely hard the last bit it was pretty it was actually really steep um and it i remember there was a worry because we were waiting to get into like because there was like a valley that dad had camped before like he had gone in this place like three or four times um and we were not seeing much water so we were like oh no like we might have to hike all the way down to like where the creek was and then all the way back up but we were lucky that there was it was literally a puddle like it was a puddle but it was like enough water to like last us through like the hunt and the trip and we were definitely we uh dad usually goes for 14 days um but we were only going for seven to eight um as like to ease me into it uh, but i remember the first night like we set up the tent and like i heard rocks rolling my dad usually doesn't hear the rocks rolling which is like because he's deaf like i think that's why he loves sheep hunting so much is because it's a lot of glassing and my dad's eyes are crazy like he's he when he and brent go he always spots everything first 
um i heard rocks rolling and i was like dad like there's there's rocks like rolling down over there and he puts his banners up and there's some like using lambs um and then i look to the skyline and i see dots and i'm like what the heck put the banners up there's about a hundred using lambs my dad has never seen anything like that in his years of sheep hunting i was like oh my gosh and we were just counting and there was like so many on the rocks like so that I was like, oh my gosh, like we're in sheep country. Like I'm excited. And so like, I don't know. So no, just, no, this is great. I'm it. I mean, a hundred sheep. That's great. That's, uh, that's exciting. And, and yeah. And so like we went to bed and I was expected to get up at, like 5am, 6am. <laughs> we slept until seven and my dad knew this. And I was like, dad, like we got to get up early. But of course him, he wanted to make easy he did not want to push me so hard um so it was understandable so we kind of had a slower morning um and so we started hiking around 8 30 like nine o'clock and it's just we're hiking up to the ridge it is steep like this steep and i take one look up and i'm like holy shit a ram is right there like right up on the rocks and i'm like dad and he's like oh my gosh and there's two rams and he's like Maya like one of them's legal like the other one might be legal too so yeah but there was like seven eight rams but there was two three like legal rams or actually no there's yeah there were quite a few rams but there was two that were legal there we go um so we started to like slowly like inch up this shale face like slowly slowly and at five hours we were finally, like, at three, four hours, we were at a rock place, and I was set up in a position, and these rams were, like, in a gully, like, in the valley. So now we were just waiting them for to come up. So two, three hours more later, I see horns start coming up of the valley, and I'm like, Dad, Dad, Dad. And he's like, he puts his bottoms up, and he goes, Maya, shoot the top ram. Like, shoot the top ram. And I only found this out after the hunt when i was at my grandma and papa's that he was out of his mind because this ram was huge um it's actually bigger than the one that i actually shot <laughs> so um what happened was i got all set up and he's like when he turns and stops to pull the trigger so i was all set up i was calm collected i squeezed bang nothing it ran and I was like, like, how did I miss that shot? Like I was left. How far, how far were you from the from the animals? Two hundred Yeah, so like two reasonable sheep So sheep it was like for sure. Yeah, it was reasonable. And I was like and my dad was like, Oh my gosh. Like he couldn't believe it that I had missed this ram. And so we grab our packs and we start running. We get to the ridge pa- ridge top, the wind is so strong that it's blowing our binos off of our chest and so it is enough dad said to move a bullet so we had guessed that the wind had moved it up so it had missed and that it probably wasn't my fault at all and we just watched him and we were at the top and we see the ridge and we see this mature ram run off away from the other band of rams and actually, my dad had been there two years prior, and dad figured out this was the same ram that he and Brent were trying to get uh, the year before. And that year, same as he did here, he had split from the band of rams. 
Um, but there was one smaller, like, legal in the bunch that ran off over here. So dad's like, we will go look for them the next day. And we went over to see if we'd see the ram. But no, he was gone. And I was like, that's been one chance. That's it. Like, no more chances. Like, we get one ha- one chance on a sheep hunt. And so we went back to, like, the tent later. And we got up the next morning, earlier, like, at 6. And we were up on the ridge by 8. We walk all day. We see nothing. We're walking and it's rainy and we like set up a tarp and then we're like, okay, like there's more rain and wind coming. So we're just going to head back to the uh, tent. And so we're walking and the rain stops. All of a sudden, like super close in front of us, like 100 yards, not even, there's a ram and it's a young ram. And so we lay down and there's rams so close to us, like ewes and lambs. So dad's like, this ram, the legal, might be on the other side of the cliff. So we're waiting, we're waiting. And it's so cool because this was at the moment that I was like so grateful as these ewes and lambs came so close to us, like so close, like less than 100 meters close. Like they were right, like 20 yards, they were right in front of us. And to that, I was like, I was just like in awe that they were that close to me. And my dad turns to glass a mountaintop and he goes, my, I see the rams. He had found the band of rams and he found the legal one. And then he's watching them and they're coming towards us really, really fast. And dad's like, they're going to come all the way over here. So we like quickly go down the slope and he's like, Maya, you're going to get a second chance. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and so we're just watching them and they're coming and they're coming and they're coming and they're coming. And then are you and Lamb? come over the edge of the cliff and they stop start milling around and they had got spooked by the other using lambs and they run off towards the mountainside so we're like okay this is the second time general area we know where to look for them tomorrow so we got up at like 4 30 5 a.m early and i was so excited I'm like let's go see if we can find them soon as we get to the ridge top my dad is like he puts his banners up he's like maya get down the rams are on top of that exact mountain. But the thing is, is that they had the higher vantage point and it was seven kilometers away. Uh, they had the vantage point. So if we move, their eyesight is really good. So they'd be able to see us move. So it was the waiting game. We waited seven hours and we started watch them slowly feed like out of sight. So I remember <laughs> it felt like Mission Impossible my dad was like, had his batters up, and he's like, Maya, go. And I'd sneak, 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 and they'd be like, get down. When they looked over, because we had started this like across the thing. So he's like, okay, Maya, go. And he's like, stop. And then we'd freeze. And then finally, they went over shite, out of sight. So it was like, it is go time. So we just started going. Like, we just beelined for that mm-hmm. for that uh, ridge. And it was one hour. Uh, the biggest life lesson I learned on this trip always check your bag so the rain it started to rain i went to grab my rain pants <laughs> i did not pack my rain pants they were in the tent and so that's one of the biggest lessons i learned is always double check your belongings um and so like my dad it, we, we got lucky dad gave me his and he was able to like shelter from his thank goodness um so this is like the third day and I'm like a third chance. Yeah. No way. Um, and so we're set up 
and we i think so dad gets me so it's like kind of like rolly hills uh we get set up in the position that we thought would be the most ideal i think it's gonna be like two hours you know because they had just fed off the mountain an hour ago less than 20 minutes less than 20 minutes i look up and i see like five pairs of horns and i'm like oh ready and i'm like nudging dad and he's like oh my goodness they are less than 100 yards like they are right there and so dad's like i'll tell you which one to shoot um so this being like my first like big game animal i'm not used to the quickness Mm -hmm. of the hunt and what happened was there was the one mature ram and the small rams and all these small rams were milling around the legal one and so dad was going shoot don't shoot shoot don't shoot and of course they're like coming towards us and i uh dad was like i could have shot like head on but of course he had told me in past like not to and we forgot to he said wait for a broadside shot and so we never like we never had the opportunity for to talk about a situation and then all of a sudden wind changes and i just see all three of them go they stand straight up and then instantaneously run down the mountainside. And I'm like, this, I actually started to tear up a bit because this was the third time that the band of Rams has spooked in three days. And I was like, that was my third chance done. Like it is done. Like it's officially like over. And so dad's like, okay, like we're going to wander down this ridge a bit and like eat dinner. And then we'll decide if we go all the way back to camp or we set up the tarp. So we're eating and I'm like feeling a bit better, still a bit glum. And my dad's like, Maya, I'm just going to go. You finish eating. I'm going to go check over the ridge. So I'm sitting there just like finishing because I had like the mac and cheese. And my dad comes over and he goes, Maya, there's a legal ram. And I went, oh, wait, no, back it up. There were three rams that had come up out of the uh, gully and they were all young. So I was like, oh, like I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, couldn't they be legal? So then dad goes to check, comes back. He's like, Maya, there's a legal ram. Like, there's a legal ram down there. And I was like, no way. Like, no way that there's a legal ram. And so he's like, let's go. So I'm grabbing my stuff and I'm literally talking outside. Like, you have to be calm. Like, you actually have to, like, shoot, like, hold it on. So we go out, out of sight for a while of this ram. And we go down. We get shot up on. We get set up on a rock. I see the ram, like, has nice tips. It's, like, curl and it's just feeding. And it's about 200 yards down a steep s- slope. And so my dad goes, when he stops, you shoot. So I get lined up perfectly. The ram stop. I squeeze the trigger. Bang. We see the ram shifts. And so like, <laughs> you hit him. But it runs over the cliffs. And dad's like, oh no, like I might have to finish him off. So he grabs the rifle and runs over and sees a ram limping across like a really steep, like it's a steep inclined shale uh shoot and so he sees a ram limping and it's legal he goes that's by his ram and he shoots fires and it's down and then we just celebrate and i started tears in my eyes i was like no way that just happened like i got a ram and my dad was like yes and it's like a perfect father-daughter ram like it was just celebrating and then began the long hike we had to go get our stuff we had to go all the way down and it started to rain. So we had to like barrier ourselves with the backpacks because my dad had no rain pants. 
Um, Granny grave dads, eh? And yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my dad did. Definitely, definitely not the same. <laughs> um, and so it is a steep shale and it's like foggy and rainy and it's about like eight o'clock. We, so we hike all the way down this chute. It is steep. And we get to the ram and then I kind of like stop and I'm like, where's my gunshot? There is no gunshot on the side of this ram. And um, there's like where my dad shot, he had to shoot the neck because the ram was like moving fast. Um, and so like we're looking and then my dad also looks at the horns. This ram was broomed. My dad swore that mine had twin tips. Like he swore. And uh, for me, it was more the gunshot. But we did see like a graze on the ram's back knee. So we were like questioning things. But dad was like, oh, it was just a light. Like they just like it switched. Like we were out of sight. So the ram must have like, I must have just imagined it. And so like we're, and of course it's like getting late. Like it's like now nine o'clock and it's raining. So we get a few pictures of the ram. But like at one point I even asked my dad, like, is this your ram? Like, should you be getting a picture with it? And he's like, no, like, like it's your ram. And so it is 11 o'clock by the time we quartered out, like, everything. And we start trekking up this mountain. It is rainy, misty, pitch black. And so we hike up. It takes us, like, four hours. Like, it's a long trek up. And uh, so we get up to where we're going to camp about, yeah, it was one in the morning. Like, I was exhausted, tired, like, and my dad thought, like, I was gonna, like, you know, cry, have a breakdown. I did not once, like, I was just, I was just, like, I have a ram, because I carried the horns and everything, but still, like, we were just, something was not right, like, at this point, when my dad finally set up the tarp, because we had to spike it, uh, we had to spike a camp, and um, he actually, my dad misplaced the foam pads um, underneath a rock, and we couldn't find them in the dark, so we literally slept on just moss and a thin tarp. That's it. It was honestly one of the best sleeps I ever had. Um, I was at then at 2 a.m. Like I was out like a light. Like I was exhausted. Uh, my dad, however, had stayed up all night replaying and replaying and analyzing this situation. He's like, there's no way. Like he was like so confused. And so he wakes up uh, me up at 10 a.m. And it's like, beautiful skies super cool clouds and there's no water so we drop all the way down this mountainside all the way down to the creek um i didn't have to carry anything my dad just brought a few water bottles um and we drink some like we have water there and then dad's like you know what like i like to celebrate my hunts and go back replay it and i was like you do not go and replay exactly how you do it i know we just wanted to go there was something that was not right the day before so we hike all the way back up to our stuff and dad grabs his bag and then we go all the way to where i shot my ram to the exact rock and my dad's like maya i'm gonna direct you to where your ram was standing so i go down and i'm looking up at him he's like keep going keep going and then he goes stop there and He's like way up there and my dad starts walking around and realizes he stops where he shot, which is 60 yards above me. And we're like, we're, if you shoot a ram and it's a straight cliff, 
a ram that's injured would not run up a shale cliff and they would not go down a cliff and up the shale slide. So dad was like, there is something not right here. Um, and so he wanders down to me and we wander down like a few like benches. And so this cliff is like mm-hmm. benches. So you can't see the end until you like peer over each one. So dad's like, I'm just going to kind of look down here a bit. I was tired. Like I was confused. Like, I was like, I'm like, I was just so confused and like disappointed. I'm like, maybe I didn't get a sheep. Um, and so dad's like walking over these benches. All of a sudden, he stops, his binos go up, and he was looking at the last bench. Binos go up, and I'm like, I'm like, oh wait, there's a sheep there. But I was like, I already shot a sheep. And I was like, there is no way. I want dad's like, come here. And I just see the look on his face. And he's like, sit down. And I'm like, my ramp's there, isn't it? And he goes, I'm sorry, Maya. We have a lot of packing out to do. Go look at your ram. On the very, so it was a straight cliff down to a river. On the very last bench, my ram laid. If it had rolled one more, it would have rolled into the river and be gone. It was perfectly bedded at the very last shelf, just laying there. I cannot believe, like, my dad's like, let me go down first. He didn't know how to work the video camera. He thought he got it on video, my reaction. He didn't. But there's a very nice picture of my face, like, (laughs) because this ram was so much bigger than my other one. And my dad had tears in his eyes, and he was like, holy moly. Like, it was a big ram. And so then we're there, like, taking pictures and just, like, also there was like the sense of relief like if we hadn't gone back so that was like the lesson like always follow up when in doubt because now i have this like spectacular ram (laughs) and so we started like courting it all out um but what happened was it just made for very heavy packs so we set it off we got all the way to our stuff the hike out was three days it took us three days so we got back to where our stuff was. We split the meat evenly. Um, I had like half the sheep. I don't know. Um, or a little bit more than half. Cool, Maya. So I, I have a couple of quick clarification. Well, a couple of things I want to ask you. So so I'm following the story through here. And, and so you shoot at the ram. It runs away. And it appears. And your dad responds by kind of to jump, grabbing the rifle, going up and over the cliff, and and spots it again. And he it's it's looking like it's it's uh, injured, and he shoots it. So what I'm not clear on is it was that ram was that injury from your shot, or was it, um, or was it had it already been shot, or is that was the only shot the animal your dad shot? Yeah, so there was no other shot. So the only shot that I had was from my dad. So there was a fester on its front knee um, that had been there for a while now. And so there was no other bull hole, nothing else that there was a thing that I had shot at it. Okay, so when you say father-daughter ram, that means your dad shot it and it was the experience shared. Okay, now I'm clear. Okay, so I I wasn't sure because if it was like you guys were selling, like, because it's a tricky part. So then I'm assuming then you're, 
dad would have cut his tag on that that became your dad's ram yes my dad did the thing about that father-daughter ram is because we thought it was the one you missed and chased it over to the perfect position for your dad to then shoot it in the neck yeah yeah so that's what we thought it (laughs) okay that that makes a lot lot of sense (laughs) all right okay well that's that's okay so so then your dad so your dad sort of hasn't quite you got a ram but it wasn't quite the experience that you were hoping for on the trip and for both yeah. of you. I know that your dad probably really wanted this to work out for him and it wasn't necessarily the situation. And and at, at that time, yeah. your dad's probably still thinking, gosh, there was a miss here. What a bummer. And because one of the chances you're going to see two legal rams. And then that's when the thought process starts going in. It's like, how come this isn't all adding up? There was, this is, you know, in my memory, this is a different looking ram. And and yeah. how how are you feeling about the shot at that point from on the initial ram are you questioning things are you questioning yourself and i was questioning myself a little bit but more it was like i knew that i was lined up dead on like i was i squeezed the trigger slow like i had put it in the most perfect like i just lined it up million times how my dad has told me to and so like I thought that I was down. So like when Dad was saying that, I was just like, "There's no way." Like I was just so confused because also like my dad was just like, "Like you must have missed," and I was like, "There was no way I missed." So I was feeling like downhearted about that, and it was just more. It was just so confusing. That was the whole thing. It was just like I was feeling sad. I was like, "This isn't my ram. Like I shouldn't be getting pictures with it. Like maybe my dad should be." Yeah, and then you're kind of going through on that experience, and then, and at some point, this sort of doubt creeps in, and your dad's sort of thinking things through. He's he's thinking things through, trying to figure out why things aren't adding up, and then more information kind of gets brought in. And this is interesting because this, I mean, this has happened to me before too, where you know I I shot at a whitetail, and then there's this there's another five point whitetail buck standing there. I'm like, what? I sure I hit it, and now it's standing up again, and. And then you shoot it again. And now you've got two dead bucks yeah. laying at your feet. And that's a problem. And, you know, so. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So so this is so, at some point you end up going down and you and then you recover. So I'm curious too about the couple of, the other thing I wanted to talk, ask about is, so you get to your ram and this is probably a different experience now because there's probably, you know, <laughs> now, now you, you didn't miss. <laughs> no. I was like, I saw the show. I was like, told you so. And I still bug him too about it to this day. Like I bug yeah, him about sure. it. Sure. So that's so that so that much of it <laughs> felt a little bit better when you recovered that ram. Um, now you, you did oh, mention yeah. some meat loss. I'm just curious about it, and I'm curious about this because this is something that also happens, like particularly mountain hunting, and particularly like you may not be able to get to the animal that you you shot, um, you know, right away, and it's exposed and yeah. and it's not ideal. So uh, do you have an idea of how much? I'm curious how much meat loss you would have had. Um, from that animal? Uh, we had like about um, one, I think it's like hindquarter. That makes sense? Yes. Um, the hindquarter, we lost that because where I'd shot, um, it had exited out the guts and it had shot, it sat all night and then we didn't get there till 3 p.m. the next day and it was really hot. So it had literally cooked in the sun and some of the guts had like had seeped everywhere. So we did salvage most of it. Oh, 
going. I, I know when I, in talking to your dad, he said that you guys ended up packing out a fair bit of, um, you, you packed yes, even, even the spoiled meat you'd packed out. Um, and, yes, uh, we but, did. yeah, cause even you're all, the league. okay. I wanted to clarify that as well, just cause didn't want people to make assumptions, but yeah, unfortunately losing meat is the worst, especially that wonderful, uh, yeah. sheep meat that, you know, so yeah. Totally. But you did have ribs the next night and you were able to celebrate with the ribs. And Yes, we did. And, uh, we'll get we'll get back to the interview. I just wanted to interject with a little bit of clarification and uh, we'll carry on with the story. Uh, so we go all the way back to camp and it's like a long hike back. It's like five hours and we get back to our tent and then we deal with all the meat there. We're doing everything. I'm super happy. Like we get pictures and then I'm like, hey, dad. Your, your horns fit inside <laughs> mine. <laughs> and um, so it's just like very fun. And so it was a very nice like chillax, like celebration day. Um, and it was really fun because on the inreach, like I was texting Brent. And so like I got to text Brent back and forth and I like texted like my mom, but I didn't tell them the full story. Like I was like, we got two, but I didn't say like anything else yeah. about that. Yeah. Um. I was like, you just have to wait to hear it when we get home. And so uh, we started the hike out the next day. And yeah, um, we started the hike out the next day and we hiked down the creek beds to a place before we started the flats. And then we had camp there and my dad had saved like sheep ribs and we made like a nice fire and we roasted it like over the fire and it was so good. I loved it. It was like, a very like cool moment because my dad had always said yes like we shoot a sheep and then we save some of the ribs for like us to like eat after the hunt so I was like now I get to do that and then the next day we woke up around like seven it was a long hike out I was just like pushing to those trees like just get yeah. to the truck I want out like I'm done and it got to the point like my horn actually like wrapped around a tree and I got like thrown to like my knees and I was like oh I'm fine dad um, I remember as soon as I saw the truck, I was down for the count. My dad has pictures of me just like spiraled, like half dead on the ground. And so we went, uh, so then we drove back. Well, hey, before we go, go on, how, do you know how heavy your pack was that was coming out? How much? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm getting to that. So my pack was 87 pounds. My dad's was 147, the heaviest he's ever had sheep hunting. And we did not think my pack was going to be that heavy. Like I was 16. So on the way out, cause we had the tent and everything. I had like my sitting bag, my clothes, food, and like almost all of my sheep's meat way more than my dad ever wanted me to have. Um, so I had like, it was like 87 pounds. It was a heavy pack. Like we never thought that we would be coming out with a double header. Like never, ever did we think that that was going to happen. Um, so I remember that night we got back to the hotel and my dad usually doesn't score his sheep. Um, but so he like, this was like a few hours after and he's like, okay, like I'm just gonna take out the tape measure and, you know, measure the horns. Um, and I'm like curious, like to see what, cause I know the Holy Grail is 40, 41 and he measures mines and he goes, Maya, your sheep's 41. <laughs> and the thing is, is that my dad's biggest sheep is 41 and a half inches and my first ever ram my first ever big game animal it was for 41 inches 
um, which is insane. And dad was like comparing benches and he's like, Maya, like your RAM will also score higher than mine. So technically your RAM overall is bigger than my ever, like than my biggest RAM, which he hunted like a long time, like 15 years to get a RAM like mine. And so for me to, I was just like laying in the hotel. I was like, no way. Like, there's no way. And even then, I actually didn't realize how big of a deal it was. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I have a really, really, really big sheep. <laughs> and um, I was just thinking more, and my dad really teased to me, and I completely agree, which is why I don't talk a lot about how big my sheep was, um, is the experience. It was more about the experience than anything. Um and the good story. And like even now, like I just talk about the long hunks and the experience I had because that is more about it than the scoring and why like we waited like a while till we did that. Um, so then like I was just in awe. And of course, my first thought was I'm going to write an article. So my other thing was when I was younger, I knew my dad wrote article magazines like like had made like um had written articles and so my thing was I am always going to when I get my first animal I want to try to I'm going to write an article about it and the ironic thing is my dad's first article um was an Eastman's hunting magazine when uh and it was the same exact area where I got my sheep uh, my papa got his sheep, and you can actually see the mountain that my papa shot it on from where I shot my ram. And uh, the thing is, is it got published in 2005, and that is the exact year that I was born. So my dad's first ever article was published in the exact same magazine that I got mine published in, and it's exactly 16 years later, which is a really special Great accomplishment. Thing. I mean, regard. I mean, the whole just. Being able to to get out with two animals in itself is is quite an exceptional feat, and then and then uh, but also the commitment to share the story and, and write about it and 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 uh, yeah, following the footsteps of your dad who's shared his knowledge and stories over time. That's pretty cool, pretty pretty amazing story. Like I kind of yeah, knew I that was coming as you were telling me the story, and it's a somewhat you know it's these things happen when you're hunting when you you know things don't always work out perfectly, um, and and sometimes yeah. It, you kind of go with the information that's available to you, which is there's a, there's an animal limping off and you got to shoot it again to ensure that it's dead. And, and gosh, it's, it's confusing. And, um, yeah. Cause well, it was legal. So dad was like, that's, it's legal. It's limping. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like chances, that's the I, first I, thing. You know, I've seen a handful of legal rounds in my life. So what are the chances of seeing two legal rounds next to each other? Well, I guess that's kind of common, I guess when they, when you do find a legal one, they're not there with another one, but yeah, that said pretty wild. And so, like the one that my dad shot was the one that I had uh, missed earlier. So like the the band of rams. So that's other legal ram that we saw with the two. So that, that we figured out that that was the one that dad ended up shooting. And the one we found was a just a completely okay, new ram so we'd never cool. seen before. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. So that so, so it all worked yeah. out. So the, so the one that was maybe nicked or injured ended up get, get dying. And your dad, uh, yeah, ended up with that ram yeah. or the one you'd shot. Wow. Wow. What a story. What an incredible story. Um, yeah. Still wow. doesn't feel real. have to deal with the consequence of having two animals. And wow, like that's a lot. We had, um, my husband partner, Jenny, 
is uh, my sheep hunting partner. And she and I were on a, we've been on a couple, couple sheep hunts now, but this one, uh, I was up for shooting. I shot a ram that was laying next to, it was a 10 year old ram and the ram that was next to was a nine year old ram. It was a full curl nine year old ram that, that was laying. So we were watching the two rams trying to get a count on the, on the 10 year old, the confirmed count. And eventually I was comfortable shooting as I shot it, but that, but the nine year old full curl, one didn't go anywhere. So Jenny could have shot it. Uh, but we just had so much work ahead of us. Like it was, we were on the other side of the mountain. It was 30 degrees. It was just, everything was bad. Like, and, and even the one sheep, we could barely deal with it. Like we could barely get our ram and our camp and everything back off the mountain. And, and to think of like ending up with two, like no doubt you're going to end up with a bit of meat loss and just with the heat and everything. It's just a reality that and it's not, not a deal that you wouldn't choose to do that. Um, had you replayed it again or been able to go back in time. Wow. It's impressive. Yes. We wouldn't have done it, but it's just like still insane. Cause like, also like, I'm not like a full grown adult yet. I was 16. <laughs> so of course, like I can't carry like a full sheep load. Like my dad can barely carry a own sheep that it is like impossible to like not impossible but it is so difficult packing out your whole ram by yourself and to have two in so he had to carry like more than a full ram which is like bonkers no absolutely bonkers and i know that he said he was kind of beat up after and he had to recover for quite some time so oh yeah okay. mm-hmm. he blew oh his calf God. again you know anything for your daughter right <laughs> What a great story, Maya. Thank you for sharing. I, I have a, we should probably wrap up here as we're up, up, up against the hour, but uh, yes. I got a, a few questions from our sponsors and a couple of them I think are, I'm, I'm curious to ask you actually. So one of our one of our sponsors is Seek Outside. They make ultralight um, camping gear, particularly they do those um, teepee tents with the wood stove. They're, they're really cool. Um, uh, they, they do some really cool stuff and it's a lot of their gear is kind of, they, they, I call it, the, this is the Seek Outside game changer question. So in your hunting yeah. kit that, what is a game changer piece of gear for you uh, that's really helped you be more efficient or be more effective as a hunter or just more comfortable in the woods? Yeah. Well, right now, the first thing is to say is my binos because from the magazine, I did get a pair of my own binoculars for the first time ever. So that is probably the most, it actually has been changing for me because now when we're on hunts, like the elk hunting we do, I'm not like fighting with my brother to steal dads. <laughs> Me and my, we're not arguing. I'm not stealing dads every oh, so you're sharing I want, so, Yeah, That's the first, uh, as I said to new hunters, the first thing you should buy is, is binoculars <laughs> and don't be cheap about them. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's okay. Last question before I, before I let you to, to run here. Um, so we, uh, this spot podcast is also sponsored by the BC Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they're a conservation group here in BC and they do some good work and bring people together. And, um, and, uh, the question from them is like, tell us, tell me about your dream hunt. So do you have a, do you have a hunt in mind that you'd like to do somewhere in British Columbia? Where would you, where and how would you like to, your next adventure to look like? So my dream hunt right now is actually a sheep hunt. My dad has a super secret sheep spot, um, but it's a really, 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 really long check-in and very difficult. Um, but I, he wants to take me there. I want to go there so bad. That's where I want to go next. Like I mentioned to him, I'm like, take me there. And he is, he and Brent have only gone there two times. And each time they came out with a double header. So there's sheep there, 
for sure. They're shooting there. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, this has been fun. This has been really fun hanging out. And I gotta, I, I was thinking about asking. I've, I've been doing these um, online hunting courses. Uh, yeah. And like kind of presentations uh, and talking about hunting strategy and stuff. But I, I was gonna see if your dad wanted to jump on with me and and talk about some of his hunting strategies. If I, if I ever get around to doing a sheep hunting online course, I'd, I'd love to see if I can talk him into doing it. But it'll be something down the road. But maybe you can jump on as well and, and provide some insights, particularly about how to pack. I'm sure well over half of your body weight and survive getting off the mountain. So, oh, my dad just said. So my dad realized that I was talking about like because he just um, sometimes he's just been passing me sticky notes, some things, um, <laughs> just like a few things to like hit in. But he just he just mouthed to me that he thinks I'm ready to go there. So <laughs> you know where we're going next summer, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The um, but yeah, it's out. like a, uh, it's a area, and actually, it's really funny how they found that area. It's a good story that they had no idea where they were going to go on their hunt that year. No years. So like, yeah, we're going to take a gamble. And what they did is they put up the maps and they took a dart, threw it at the board, it landed there. Like, we're going to go here. We think it might be a good area for sheep. Hmm. Lo and behold, that's where they've gotten cool. their. Um, epic doubles like and I think that's where my dad got his 41 and a half and 40 inch ramps like so wild wild, <laughs> wild. yeah that and, and this is funny because I mean I, I'm always on the basis of research and building relationships and sucking up to people like your dad and trying to get a tip or two out of them <laughs> and then it's uh, the truth that you just throw a dart at a map and that's how you that's how you go sheep hunting that was yeah. really funny like that's just the one story because usually they analyze but that year dad said that they were stumped so like, let's take a gamble, and it turned out really well. <laughs> totally, totally cool. Well, let, let's um, don't don't jump off the couple. We'll say goodbye to the audience, and then we'll wrap yeah. up, and I can turn things around. I can say hi to your dad. Awesome. Um, cool. All right. Well, hey, Maya, this has been great, and and thank you for sharing your passion. And it's just so it's so encouraging to see uh, you know young people coming into this space and and challenging themselves and having success and sharing their sharing their passion. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look, I, I, I'm very curious to keep you, keep in touch with you, and to see how your journey goes, and then sure. hopefully down the road bring you into the wild community in one capacity or another. So awesome stuff. Great story. Awesome. Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Now, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a question, either on our Instagram or email me directly at dylan at eatwild.ca and we'll do our best to answer that question on our future podcast or we might even build an entire podcast based on your questions. So thanks for doing that. So if you want to hear more from Eat Wild, you can come join us. We're doing a series of Eat Wild Learn to Hunt webinars. So we're getting together on a monthly basis talking about all things hunting with a group of mentors through a webinar format. They're tons of fun. Come join us there. Now, if you happen to live in the Vancouver, Burst Columbia area, we do in-person workshops where we get together, learn fundamental skills for you to be a better hunter. Hope you can hang out for one of those too if you happen to be in the area. Now, we'd love it if you could leave a review or a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. That'd be a great help to us. And more importantly, share this podcast with folks who care about the stuff we're talking about. So thanks for doing that. Until next time, eat well and well.
Sorry, I'm cloud. Oh, no, 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 no,